Are you doing what you were called to do? I know the gifts that I've been given that I literally can't explain, right? Like, it's like I look at them and I just say, I have no clue where those came from. Once you start to identify some of those gifts, then what? Then I have to have the faith to step into it and say, I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to start taking steps before I know that it's certain. Alex Judd is practicing what he preaches. He's leaning hard on faith. After leaving the media empire he's been helping Dave Ramsey build for years, we talk about what it was like working for the anti-debt warrior and how to discover what you were called to do. This is the class your business school didn't offer. It's the training your employer still hasn't provided. How do leaders like us get people to do what we need them to do? so we can grow our results and live the life we desire? That's the question, right? This podcast contains the answers. I am Russ Hill, and welcome to Culture Hacks. Alex, let's, uh, I, I've got to start with 22 marathons. <laughs> is that accurate? That that is accurate. Okay, yes, so the que- the question the question that 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 brings up my mind is what are you trying to prove? <laughs> <laughs> Most people ask me what are you actually running from, Alex? Like, what, what, who's chasing you? Uh, oh man, I love that question because that can be taken so many ways. I started running, uh, and I got into running. I think it was around first grade. I I won the John F. Ward Elementary Fun Run. And then in second grade, a guy named Taylor won. And in third grade, I won. And then in fourth grade, he won. And fifth grade was like, this is the last fun run. Like, we're not going to do this again. Are you counting the fun runs in the 22 marathons, by the way? (laughs) No, 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 no. no. Those don't count for the record. Those do not count. But I was like fiercely competitive. I won in fifth grade. And from then on, uh, I've I've loved running. And yes, 22 marathons later, here we are. So real. Honestly, though, why? Why? Yeah, uh, one of the things that I've learned, I love endurance sports in general. I've also done two Ironman triathlons. And one of the things that I've learned is that when you go farther than you thought you could go, you learn lessons that you never even knew you could learn. And uh, there's so many things that I've learned about myself as a human being, about myself as a leader, about myself as a friend, uh, just by pushing myself further than I thought I could go. Because there was a day where I didn't think a full marathon was within my reach. It was within my physical capacity. There was a day where I didn't think 140.6 mile triathlon was within my capacity, but it's like, it gives you so much confidence and boldness to be able to look back and say, I've done that. And that boldness transfers over to the business that I now get to run to my relationships, to interviews like this. And that's just such a gift for us. I, I, I would imagine too, there's, there's something about that solitude, that time when it's just you and your AirPods or whatever it might be, right? Yeah, I, I think for the longest time, Russ, and maybe some of the people uh, that, that we get to talk with today, or certainly maybe this applies to you as well, I am, uh, I love people. I absolutely love people. And most of what I do public facing is around people a lot of the time. You know, podcasts like this, anytime I get to go speak, anytime I get to go work with a business leader or business owner. And just because I spent most of my time around people, 
I thought for the longest time that I was an extrovert. For a really, really long time, I thought I was an extrovert until a mentor of mine pointed out the fact that I suck as a human being anytime I don't have time alone. And he said, you may spend a lot of time around people, but you get your energy and you become more of who you are, not when you're around people. You become more of who you are whenever you're by yourself. And that gives you the energy, the grace, the wisdom, the power to be able to step out and be the person that you need to be around other people. People. And to your point, that's what running does for me. That's so interesting because I, you know, those that listen to the podcast on a regular basis know know my background working in the media. So I'm totally comfortable speaking on the airwaves, knowing hundreds of thousands are listening and, and or being on a stage like you have many times with thousands in the audience. Doesn't like I don't get I don't really don't get nervous. I get a rush, but I don't get nervous with it. But man, uh, but I'm not an extrovert, <laughs> not, not, not even close <laughs> to it. So but I but I think that I get the value I bring in those very public settings, in my view, tends to come from the quiet moments of reflection and evaluating life and what, what, what are the observations I have? Okay, so here's a, here's a question that's not actually on my list that I had coming into today. But, but Alex, from a young age, um, you've, re- you've done a really good job of presenting yourself um, and adding value around leadership in, in, in a uh, valuable way. Mm-hmm. And so my question to you is, what did your mom and dad do? oh man uh we should just have them on the podcast and ask them (laughs) that question uh i'm so glad this is coming from uh an admirable uh context and not saying what on earth did your mom and dad do to you like what are they right no it's out of respect right (laughs) yeah that's right and they deserve every bit of it i i say so often that uh so much of the man that i am and and the things that i get to do and the people that i get to meet is just a product of the lessons that my mom and dad taught me. My mom uh, was an elementary school teacher and my dad was an engineer for NASA, still is an engineer for NASA actually. And so my, my constant interview line growing up, whenever I'd be applying for a job is I'd say, my goal is to have the enthusiasm of an elementary school teacher and the discipline of a NASA engineer. And, uh, and that line always worked, but that really is what it was. My mom is one of the most enthusiastic, compassionate, energetic people that I know. I mean, just has a smile that could absolutely light up the room. And I would say the biggest lessons that she taught me was, was don't be afraid to believe in yourself and don't be afraid to try. I can, I, I mean, I can look back to specific experiences when she would literally ask me, well, what would be the worst that could happen if you could try? And she'd walk me through things that I, she knew, she knew that she knew that she knew that I wanted deep down to do it, but I was just scared. And she'd literally talk that fear out of me, right? Mm-hmm. Before Chris Voss was even a thing where he was teaching people how to negotiate and label their right. fears, she was doing it for me in second grade. Um, and I remember, this is crazy, Russ. I love that you asked this question. I vividly remember, I must have been, gosh, it must have been early elementary school. I remember her telling me, well, Alex, there's a difference between people that are extrinsically motivated and intrinsically motivated. And she mm. said, extrinsic motivation, you know, people that, that uh, focus on their grades or focus on money or focus on things that are outside to do good work, but intrinsically motivated people like you, they, they just do the work because it's the right thing to do. And that motivation comes from inside. I mean, unbelievable. Like, that's just outrageous. And so she was teaching me all those principles. 
and simultaneously, my dad lives all those principles. Mm. He's, he's the hardest worker that I know. He's one of the most disciplined and diligent people that I know. But one of the things that I've actually, I don't think I was cognizant of it as much whenever I was a kid, but I've become more observant now that I've started to realize is he's just incredibly selfless and incredibly mm. compassionate as well. Like the questions that that guy can ask a stranger and the way that he focuses on the needs of other people. Uh, gosh, I'm just so grateful for both of We could do an entire episode literally <laughs> on that question, Russ. I, I love that some of the leadership wisdom um, you gained in a, in an early at an early age came from an elementary school teacher mom, right? It's just mm. they're a developer of people, it sounds like, is how she viewed herself rather than a curriculum um, share. So perhaps your mom's voice was, has been playing out a lot in your, in your mind over the last few months with some of, the, <laughs> uh, some of the risk and changes that you've made in your career. I want to get to where you're headed mm. and ask you some questions about that. Um, but let's, let's for a moment look backward. And so those that know you and, and, and are familiar with your voice know you, you spent the last, I don't know, four or five years working alongside Dave Ramsey and Ramsey Solutions and the, the Entree Leadership Podcast is really where you, you got your biggest um, stage presence, if you will. I, before we look forward, I'm interested in when, as, as you walked away from that um, and you look back, what are the two or three learnings the, the biggest learnings you've gained from that experience and all the people that you've interacted with that uh, working for Dave Ramsey gave you access to? Ooh. Um, I would say number one is the opportunity to work for and around Dave himself. Uh, that guy is one of the most remarkable leaders I've ever met, probably the strongest leader I've ever worked with, period. And because of the job that I was in, I've gotten to work with and around a bunch of leaders, both from our organization, but right. also from organizations around the globe. And still, that guy is my hero. I mean, he is just unbelievable. Uh, and one of the lessons that I learned from him very early on, uh, we have a Monday meeting or Monday morning staff meeting every Monday at 830 from 830 to 930. And now it's I mean, this is crazy. 950 people every Monday morning for an hour. Like think about how much payroll that is and how much they're <laughs> prioritizing communication, number one. So there's so many lessons just in that. But I'll never forget. I was sitting in uh, that staff meeting at one point and I was just focusing. They were rolling out some project or some big thing that was coming out. I can't even remember what the exact project was. But I'll never forget, I just admired the fact that Dave spoke with such confidence. And like he was talking about where the project was going and it was going to be over the course of, I think, a year and a half or something like that. And he just spoke with such confidence. And as a result, I watched the room light up. Like literally, you could see it on people's faces. He was transferring confidence from himself into other people. And, and I, th I just thought to myself, I was mm -hmm. like, how on earth is he able to speak with such confidence about something that's going to be a year and a half long? Like, how do you do that? Is that delusional? <laughs> and I thought about it and, and what I learned in that moment, and I'll never forget because I wrote it down in my notebook. I said, a good leader believes that good or great. Uh, let me say it again. A good leader believes that good things can happen. A great leader believes that good things will happen. Hmm. And like, he just had this belief, like we are going to win. 
We are going to get financial peace in every church across America. We are going to get America debt-free. We are going to take down the credit card industry. And and it, we can have a discussion about how, but we will not have a discussion about whether or not we're going to do that. And I just saw how that confidence and that certainty just lit up a room because he wasn't denying the fact that there were going to be bumps and hurdles and hoops, but he had conviction that he knew that it was the right thing to do. And so he didn't just believe it could happen. He believed that it would happen. And a great leader believes that great things will happen. And the how is up for grabs, right? The strategy is up for the grabs. So, um, man, what an incredible lesson there. So you're talking about vision, which Mm. is something I want to get back to in just a, in just a few minutes. I think Alex, there are so many people in just the way that the marketplace is structured today and the, the workplace that we all work in the economy, we all work into where there's so much more entrepreneurship. There's so much more uh, viewing yourself as a, as a free agent and mm. whether you're working for a company or on really actually on your own, there's, there's a lot of value in that. And there's certainly a ton more discussion around that, that I'm hearing now than in the early days of my career. So the question is, this: you've just made this leap. You've left the world you were just describing and, um, and you've created as, as I know it anyway, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, starting your own company. Mm-hmm. Can, you help the, can you help those who are listening, who are thinking about that? In whatever industry they're in or whatever stage of their career they're in that are thinking about that, what questions, maybe two or three questions that guided you through that process? Mm. Um, well, one is, it's crazy. It's that same question that my mom used to ask me in second grade. And uh, it was it actually wasn't asked by her this this go around though it was asked by a different mentor. I was wrestling with this decision. This was a decision that I wrestled with for a really really long time because I knew that it was something that I wanted to get right. I love that organization too much, and I love that calling too much to to get this decision wrong. Right, and I I constantly tell people it's like leaving a brand new Bentley for a 1980 used Ford that only sometimes <laughs> works. Right, like I used to record podcasts like this from a multi million dollar studio and. Now I'm in a friend's living room, right? Like it's just, it's, I mean, and so it's like, it's a, I mean, it, I mean, it's a little bit of a risk, right? Or it's a huge risk in right. that moment. And so you, you got to get it right. You have to give it right. And someone just, we spent some time talking about it. And I spent the weekend with these mentors of mine. They had me out to their house and we talked about it and they just said, well, like, let's think about it. What's really the worst that could happen? And we walked through that. And I realized that the worst that could happen would be that I would get to live my dream of getting to be an entrepreneur and I would get to find out if I had what it took. And I was like, man, I think that even if the, the worst that could happen is that it doesn't work out or it doesn't go exactly as planned and I have to go wait tables while I'm building this business, then like, I think it would be worth it. And so that was question number one. The second question that really stands out, Russ, is I had a mentor named Mike in Austin, Texas. Uh, he's a pastor of mine. He's a mentor of mine, just unbelievable friend as well. And he said, Alex, he said, you have to put yourself in the mindset that, that building this business that you're talking about building, if I told you it was going to take twice as long as what you think it's going to take, and you're going to make half as much as you think you're going to make, would it still be worth it? And I looked at him and I said, without a shadow of a doubt, 
Mm. And then he said, well, then I think you have my blessing because that means that you're doing it for the right reasons. Listen, I mean, the people today that get into entrepreneurship for quote unquote, oh, I want freedom. I just want to take a break. I just want to be easy. (laughs) No, (laughs) shut up. You have no business being an entrepreneur. Like, I mean, yes, there are rewards on the other side, but you are going to have to hustle and grind. And if you're jumping in just for freedom, that's not the right motive. Right. I think Instagram has done so much damage to that, right? Right? The, the oh perception of, wait, I could, I could, my life could look like that. Those pictures. Yeah. That's not what it looks like. Um, Alex said, we've got just a few minutes left. I have so many questions I want to ask. Maybe, maybe these two final ones. The first one is you mix faith and business a lot. And, um, and, and I'm someone who comes from a spiritual background. People who listen to this podcast on a regular basis know that. And, um, and so I'm, I'm interested. Here's the question. You speak often about the calling you have. Hmm. How do you know it's your calling? Uh, I don't know that you do. And I think that's why it's called faith. Um, what I do know is I know the gifts that I've been given that I literally can't explain, right? Like, it's like, I look at them and I just say, I have no clue where those came from. Yes, I've, I've done my job to steward those gifts and hone them, but it's like, I started and we all have these, right? You have a a certain aptitude at things. Like, I mean, uh, quite frankly, someone with your voice, Russ, there's no way you shouldn't be in broadcast, (laughs) right? Like someone with that strength, right? But we can all look around. It's like, there's certain strengths that it's like, when you don't have the ability to, to explain them, and then you pair those strengths with needs that you are deeply and profoundly passionate about. I am so deeply and profoundly passionate. Like there is something that like keeps me up at night about the impact driven leader, not having a path for growing in a healthy, sustainable and life-giving way. Like I lose it whenever that's not happening. And when I think about the fact that I, I like I have content around that path and I think about the fact that there's people out there that aren't getting it, it freaks me out, right? It makes me (laughs) angry that people aren't getting that. And so when I pair those strengths with those passions, well, then I start to say, well, I I don't know that there's anything else I could picture doing, but then I have to have the faith to step into it and say, I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to start taking steps before I know that it's certain. And that's what faith is, right? It's before you can see the evidence, you start taking the step. And in taking the step, you actually, if it is your calling, you become more passionate about it and you become better at it. And then it just creates this virtuous cycle that, that people couldn't even stop it if they tried. That's so good. I, I did not expect you to start the response with, I'm not, I, I'm not sure it is. You know, I don't, I don't, there's no way to know for sure that that's your calling is what I heard you say. Again, we could spend a lot of time on that. Let's move to, let's move to vision. Um, that's a word you like a lot. In fact, it's the basis, as I see it, of the new company that you've created. Define vision. What does it look like? What does it sound like? Help, help me with it. Yeah. Vision is projecting a future that does not yet exist right? Jordan Peterson, if you're familiar with him, he's a clinical psychologist, incredible writer, incredible author, incredible professor and lecturer. He talks about what he he describes as a neurological, evolutionary, psychological, and spiritual phenomena called the necessity of aim, right? We as human beings become infinitely more effective whenever we have something that we're aiming at. And so whenever we say, this is where I'm going, right? Vision is where you are going. When we say, this is where we are going, it does a couple things for us. Number one, it narrows our focus 
because everything that doesn't contribute to getting towards that aim, well, it's ancillary, right? It's just a distraction and it doesn't really matter because this is where we're going. And I think that so often today, the reason why people are feeling complacent, the reason why they're distracted, the reason why they spend more time with their phones than they do with their family, the reason why they're disengaged with work is because they don't have vision. They don't have a clear idea of where they're going and therefore every opportunity there is to deviate from the path, they take it. Mm. And that's just why, like you said, Path for Growth, the business that I'm building is rooted in that idea that you have to be able to answer three questions for yourself and for your team. Every team in the country needs to be able to answer these three questions. Why do we exist? What do we stand for? And where are we going? And that last one, where are we going? That is the topic of vision. Gotcha. What what causes somebody to not have clarity around that? Because I totally agree with you. Is yeah. it lack of time? I haven't thought about it. Is it noise? There's so much noise that it's hard to sit down and focus on that. What 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 what's the obstacle? The biggest obstacle to I'm, defining I'm, vision for ourselves. I'm spending a lot of time on this right now. Actually, uh, be, what I can speak from is my experience. I'm trying to figure out if my experience applies to other people. So if it does, let me know. What I can speak from is my experience. The quote that I most reflect on with regard to this question, Russ, is Brene Brown's quote that you cannot have vision without vulnerability. Mm-hmm. If you're going to cast a vision of a future that does not yet exist, recognize that that is a super risky act. That is a vulnerable act. Because whenever we just live in the realm of generality, whenever we just live ambiguously and we don't put ourselves on the hook for going to a specific place, if I just say I'm going to go for a run and I don't say I'm going to run 26.2 miles, well, then I'm not on the hook for anything. The minute I say I'm going to run a marathon in six months, then suddenly I'm on the hook because I've clarified a vision of a finish line that I'm expecting myself to cross. And the same thing is true for our vision. When we talk about the type of husband I want to be, the type of leader that I want to be, the type of spiritual life that I want to have, the type of team that I want to lead, the type of business that I want to own, we're casting a vision. And the minute we cast a vision, we're on the hook for it. And whenever you're on the hook for something, that is a super vulnerable place to be. But I would also argue that that's what's actually called living. And that's when we are most fully alive is Seth Godin says, whenever we are dancing on the edge of failure, uh, but we're pursuing a finish line that we deem worthwhile. Uh, so, so that's why I think we so often avoid it, Russ, is because it represents vulnerability. So I think that, I think there's so much truth to that, Alex. And I think one of the, one of the ways we escape and avoid that vulnerability is by getting caught up in the noise. It's so easy mm-hmm. to avoid that. And then and then life is just routine. We're going to do the same thing today that we did yesterday. And we're not going to be any further potentially along the path because we spent no time thinking about the future. Um, so good. Okay. So the, the, the company's path for growth. And it's everything from speaking to groups, to consulting, to groups that, you know, where you could be in with other leaders, right? Speak a little bit about that. What, 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 what solutions are you all offering? Yeah, well, we say the mission and path for growth is that we help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be personally so that others may benefit and God may be glorified. It's a lot of the principles that we talked about today. And like you said, uh, I just see that too many people fail whenever they lack one of two things. Number one is a vision for where they're going. And number two is a plan for consistently executing on the things that matter most over an extended period of time. And so whether we're working with an individual in their personal life or a 
leader of a team or an entire business or corporation. We are focused on providing coaching, consulting, content around those two things, a vision for where we're going Mm -hmm. and a plan for consistently executing on the things that matter most over an extended period of time to see that vision actually become reality. Alex has, for those of you listening or watching, Alex has so much wisdom. And one of the things I'm most impressed at how he started, he started having it at such a young age and perhaps it was that elementary school teacher in the NASA employed father that, that helped him with that. And, and I'm sure there are other mentors um, at a young age that had an impact on you. So uh, pathforgrowth.com is a place you can learn more. There's a, there's a new podcast. I think it's called Path for Growth, where you can hear more of uh, the wisdom that Alex is, has been sharing here. Do you have a favorite social media platform that people could connect with you on, Alex? Or are you like <laughs> anti-social media? Oh, no, I love social media. I have too much fun on it to, to be anti-social media. Uh, I mean, LinkedIn is great. We also, I also am the host of a weekly salsa review. I am obsessed with <laughs> chips and salsa. So we post a weekly salsa review on Instagram every Thursday. And my Instagram is at Jet on the Run. Awesome. That's going to sell a lot of consulting services, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's been a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much for your, for your time. Appreciate having awesome. you on. Well, I appreciate you, Russ. You're a gifted interviewer, and I'm thankful to know you. Hey, everyone, a couple of quick things. First, you can watch the interview you just listened to. Yeah, the link to watch it on YouTube is in the show notes in whatever podcast app you're listening to right now. You might want to forward that link to friends or colleagues that would find it useful as well. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, just tap on that subscribe button. You'll get two new great episodes each week. And finally, I want to invite you to our private Facebook group. I spend time there in between the episodes. It's for leaders like us. You can access it by going to theculturehacks.com.